Hello, this is The Immigrant Fiancé. In a way, I'm happy the way we've done it because now we are married. It's like, okay, I 100% know for sure I want to marry this person because I feel like I've been on like a four, almost five-year roller coaster of <laughs> testing if I truly love this guy. And the answer is well, 100% yes. I'm Dan Gooding, and this time we're starting at the very beginning of the K-1 visa process some really fun paperwork. We kind of always knew that we were going through this because there was going to be an end goal and we were going to make it work and we were going to get married and we were going to eventually be in the same country together. This episode is all about filing your initial application to get a K-1 or fiancé visa. I've chatted with Kirsty, Luke and Roxy about their experiences and I'll try to guide you through this stage as best I can. Plus, I'll be telling you where to go for some extra help and support along the journey. So, let's get started. Welcome to The Immigrant Fiancé. In episode one, I gave you a brief introduction to the K-1 or Fiancé visa process. You can go back and listen to that if you like first, and then come back here. But basically, the K-1 is one of two main options for couples, where one is a US citizen and the other a foreign national. The other is to get married elsewhere, wait for US immigration to recognise the marriage, and then enter the US. If we went the other way and Zach was to get married to me in the UK, then we'd have to wait for the US government to recognise our marriage. And when you weigh both options up, you're you're talking about ultimately kind of the same timeline we felt. We didn't really feel like one route was going to be faster than the other. That's Luke. He moved here to the US from Manchester in 2021 after going through the K-1 process. He met his partner whilst working at Walt Disney World in Florida and they made it work long distance for a while. I feel like I've been on like a four, almost five year roller coaster of <laughs> testing if I truly love this guy. And the answer is well, 100% yes, because I've gone through a lot and I'm finally here. So it was all worth it. Absolutely. What was it about the K-1 that you thought this, we're going to do it this way rather than obviously like the other option is to get married in the UK and kind of wait it out. What yeah. was it that made you want to do it this way around? For me, getting that experience working for Disney for the year, like I I wanted to come out and live in America. That, that was part of my dream as well. Like if you give me the choice between Manchester, England, rainy or living in Orlando, doing a job where, you know, I ultimately get to work where people vacation, like the whole idea of that's way more appealing to me. So I think that's why we tried to do the route of the K-1. You know, I'm, I'm aware there's other options out there, but for us, it just made the most sense. Like him, many people choose to go this route because it seems like it will take less time. Usually it does, but COVID caused a few delays. If you hadn't heard, you can listen to episode two for more on that. Anyway, once you have made the decision as a couple to go down the fiancé visa route, the paperwork begins. This is something you need to do as a couple. The partner living in the US is the petitioner. This means they are filing the application on behalf of their fiancé or the beneficiary, asking USCIS to give their loved one permission to come to the States to get married. I'll put the link in the description, but the form you need is the I-129F. You can get this on the USCIS website. Now that form is 13 pages long and that can seem a little overwhelming. Here are Roxy and Kirsty, who we've met before. Right at the beginning, I said to um, my husband that we need to get a lawyer to help us with this because I don't want to mess it up. Like you kind of get like one chance to do the application. 
I don't want anything to go wrong. Let's get a lawyer. Well, we actually use Rapid Visa for our K1. Um, so we kind of, you go online on their website, you fill in all your details, you do a questionnaire on there and they fill out the forms for you. Then you print them all out, put all your supporting documents in, put it all in order and you send it off to them. And then they check it like four or five times. They put everything in a packet and they send it to where it needs to go. So we had a lot of help with that because I was terrified about filling it out on my own because I had no idea what half the stuff meant on there. Um, You know, I didn't want to get anything wrong. So, yeah, we use them for that side of it because Colin has he doesn't really like paperwork and so I didn't want to put him under stress and obviously it was stressful enough for me thinking I'm going to be moving soon so I was kind of I plan everything in the UK at the same time. Both Roxy and Kirsty went down the route of getting extra help. When you look online at the fiancé visa process often you will be bombarded with different law firms who want to help you get this right. For some couples that is the best course for them because it means they are checking over the paperwork and making sure it's got the best possible chance of being approved. But for Roxy, it didn't work so well. They gave me a list of things that they wanted me to gather. And some of those things I didn't know at the time, I wouldn't have needed until near the interview stage. So I got my police certificate and things like that, which I didn't need yet. So it actually expired. They didn't tell me to do my letter of intent so that we ended up having a request for evidence. So we had all these like sort of hiccups. So it is definitely a choice. Luke and his now husband opted to do it themselves. The first thing I'd say is like you get overwhelmed with the amount of forms you've got to fill out. And whilst you're like Googling all the information and trying to piece together like, you know, tips from different um, people's experiences and you constantly bombarded with the offer of legal support. You know, I would would personally recommend to everyone you can do it yourself we did it ourselves and neither myself or zach is you know some legal expert well what do you need to include in the i129f form and application the form covers all of the u.s citizens details like address history social security number and employment details as well as info on their parents it then goes through the beneficiaries info that is the foreign fiance remember with similar details needed so it's best to make sure you have as much info together as possible before you start filling out the form if you can for example my husband david had to go back through and work out his address history to make sure all was okay then the form goes on to talk about if you have a marriage broker does the fiance speak anything other than english as their first language what are their biographic traits so things like hair and eye color etc roxy told me it did feel like a lot if you just went to google and you're like what do i need to do for this or what do you put if you were previously married or all this kind of stuff like I would say that a Google search is uh, is more harmful than good. I saw multiple different sites suggesting different things and not to mention that a lot of this information that you need is country specific. And um, well, it kind of is a lot, to be honest. I definitely remember feeling overwhelmed as David and I filled out this form together, wondering why all of this detail was needed. There are also other parts if you have needed to use an interpreter and if someone has prepared the paperwork for you, which in some cases, with official legal help, they have. And well, that's not all you need to put in this application. There is a checklist on that same USCIS page I mentioned earlier. Again, link in the description. 
The US citizen needs to prove their citizenship through a birth certificate and passport or other ID which shows they are now a US citizen. You need passport photos of both of you and then evidence that you have met within the past two years. I enjoyed doing it. I did feel like the kind of your privacy is kind of not really, you don't have any of that when you're sending all that in because, you know, I sent in receipts when we went out shopping or my boarding passes, like photos of us and the descriptions of where the photo was, the date, you know, the time, everything was just you know it's so invasive I think that they want to know and obviously my passport and all the stamps I had getting into the states I photocopied literally every basically my life and paper went in. That was Kirsty again and I think this was my favourite part as well getting to show off our relationship through photos and messages and letters from us both and a friend about our story and from talking to Luke and Roxy too they felt similarly even if it was a little odd. It was a bit strange in a way because we were like wow we're getting together all this kind of intimate stuff I mean we never sent we sent in a few text messages nothing crude goodness wow (laughs) like you know we kept it PG in terms of what we were selecting but still you know sharing your Instagram Facebook messages you know the first few messages we sent each other we we were sharing that Um, putting together pictures of like me meeting his family him meeting mine like we just felt like we were opening ourselves up to like we were really intimate relationship and we were suddenly like sharing it with a stranger. I ended up making like, uh, God knows how many pages, probably like 30 to 40 pages of the timeline of our relationship from the very first sort of messages and phone calls to things that happened inside the game to like our first meeting. And, you know, we had we had met each other several times over the course of three years. So there was a lot of evidence. Also, by the way, you have to state that you are willing and able to marry within the first 90 days, which seems obvious, but USCIS expect it in writing. That time frame, of course, lends the reality show 90 Day Fiancé its name, which came up when I was talking with Luke. When we've talked to people about doing this process and they're like, oh, you know, like 90 Day Fiancé, and they think it's this really kind of easy Thing. you know you meet yeah. someone you turn up you get married etc and I'm like no like you have no idea how much paperwork we had to fill out and all of that kind of thing like it makes it look so yeah <laughs> such a breeze oh I and I mean told me about that tv show and I watched it and I thought wow yeah good for them <laughs> they, they have edited this thing out they have not done the bit where you spend all the time just filling out all the forms they clearly like skip past that just get yeah. to the forms on that show yeah it definitely isn't as easy as a well-produced reality show makes it look but it can be done so then whether you had help or not it's time for the u.s fiance to send off the paperwork It costs $535 to apply at the time of recording this, so it isn't free and it can't be submitted by the foreign national or be sent to an embassy. Again, in the description, you can find the link you need, and that includes where to file the packet with the form, the evidence, the passport photos, all together. Roxy told me that despite all the stress, it was worth it just for the memories the application brought up. I probably went over the top, but actually what I had at the end of it was this really cool timeline of our relationship which actually we're gonna you know keep and it's something that we can look back on you know maybe show our children if we have kids in the future is I think that in the end it was quite nice also just to look back through our old messages and oh remember that time when we went here that kind of thing so I would say that was probably the nicest 
part of the application. Pretty soon after sending it all in, you should get a receipt that's called the Notice of Action or NOA-1. Basically, this is just immigration acknowledging that they have received your packet and it's waiting to be looked at. Then the wait begins. And for many, including Kirsty, it's tough. I think just worrying, like if you know it didn't get approved or something for any reason. Obviously, I knew there was. I knew deep down there wasn't any reason. But you overthink everything. So I just thought, if I didn't get approved, what would be the next steps then? Can you do anything about it? Or how long is it going to take to get the approval? And then I thought, oh, then I've got to do everything here, and you know, I've got to pack up my house and get everything ready and sort everything out to leave here. And obviously online it says it's supposed to take like four to six months. This was before COVID. And I thought, oh, I haven't got no time at all. Well, we filed our K-1 application in March 2020. And as Kirsty says, at the time, we thought it would be just a few months. But the wait really began. And of course, COVID got in the way. Again, there's more on that in episode two. But even in normal times, there is a wait of several months. It's just when you submit it and then you get the uh, notification to say they've received it, you're like, ah fab like wow this has happened really quick we're we're, you know we're on the roll now and then it it, it's the wait it's the unknown wait time that you just get left with so what do you do in the meantime because it can feel like a very lonely place to be i know it did for us a few tools you could use to get you through are downloading a case tracker app there are a few available on ios and android which you can use to pop your receipt number from uscis in and keep track of your case The one we had also searched the website for cases filed at a similar time to see if they have been processed yet or what stage they were at. I know we checked nearly every day to see if there was any movement at all. There are also a few forums which are great and can get you lots of questions answered. I use Visa Journey and that site also allows you to keep track of your case and that in turn gives other people an idea of when they might get processed right down to different embassies. This is definitely something which struck me, that you join this whole community across the world trying to achieve the same thing. Kirsty told me that all of this, the sheer number of people and the stress involved to prove you're in love and just want to be together, means things should be easier. Take your time to research it and try not to stress about reading online so much because a lot of them things I read online probably weren't even true. Now I look back, I was scared to do it. I think it could scare people enough to not go through immigration. Um, Because I think there is a stigma in a lot of countries with immigrants and people moving from one place to another. And I think that stigma should have ended by now. I think we're kind of making progress in some ways. Um, There's still a lot more work to do, in my opinion. But I think it's, you know, the 21st century, I think it's now time to end stigmas with a lot of things. And immigrants being one huge thing, I think, needs to change. Because it's just genuine people that just want to move and live their lives how normal people would if they met in the same country. There's no difference. Well, Kirsty was one of the people I really wanted to talk to for The Immigrant Fiancé because she has been instrumental in helping others on a different platform, Facebook. Particularly for those coming from the UK, she has been one of the key people involved in a few support groups over 2020 and 2021. And we'll look more at that in a future episode. But for now, here we are with our K1 application in and the waiting game is on. I hope that this has helped shed a little light on how the initial application for a fiancé visa works. Again, please check out the description or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Immigrant Fiancé for links to the USCIS website and those other places of support I mentioned. If you'd like to be involved in the podcast, get in touch with me through there too. If you're just starting this journey, know that so many others are out there feeling excited and nervous and hopeful that they can be with their loved ones sooner rather than later. 
and that it does happen because Kirsty, Luke, Roxy and me, we've all done it. And you too will be an immigrant fiancé. Thank you.